How's it, Internet? And welcome to Two Guys on SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. How's it, Paul? How's it, Rod? How are you doing? Yeah, good, man. Frequent listeners will probably note a slight difference in our lineup today. Paul Keys has... Which episode were you on previously? I don't know the number. I can't remember hands. the number. Um, I'll insert the number here. Episode 20. L is globetrotting yeah, all over the place. I've seen a few photo, uh, photos posted on Instagram. Ironically, uh, selfies of himself and not of his visits and uh, what the country actually looks like. Oh, no, of course not. Um, he's far more interested in uh, lift mirror selfies. So um, L is not available for us this week, but he will be back next week. And so we've got our guest host, Paul Keys. Thank you so much for filling in here. Yeah, thanks, Rod, and thanks for uh, having me on the show. Um, hopefully I can keep up the good work that you guys have been doing. I don't think it'll be much of a challenge to meet our incredibly high standards, <laughs> as it were. I must say, it was quite nice to do the L's part of the intro today. That, that one is actually a lot more fun. <laughs> cool. So we don't have an interview for you guys this week. We're just going to run through the news, and actually there's quite a bit. Um, but without L here to take up all the time we might actually get this in at a at a decent clip and you guys won't have to listen to <laughs> four hours of us like you usually do so in the news this week in the news um, i'm actually going to steal your thunder and take the first one for because sure. it's for, for me it. the most exciting piece and being the guest i think i should get the uh, get the opportunity to for sure get guest host not quite guest. the same as a guest but yes sure <laughs> go, go for it what, what do we have up for? um yeah the most exciting thing for well not all of all south africans but all africans really is that microsoft announced uh, two new data centers in 2018 will be coming to south africa one in johannesburg and one in cape town so all the sharepoint and office 365 people have been rejoicing around around the, the continent i'm sure yeah that's it's a really it's a really big thing for the African continent to have our own data centers and for South Africa specifically to have that sort of vote of confidence that Microsoft says, where are we going to put these? Let, let's put them in Joburg and Cape Town. That's, I think that's huge. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, that's one of the biggest differences I've seen coming from London is, you know, we, get, we were spoiled in the UK with the bandwidth. And I never took that into question when, when designing or architecting solutions here when I got back to South Africa. And it really is a huge bottleneck. And I think this is going to be a huge lifeline for, for Office 365 um, solutions or, or deployments in South Africa. Yeah, just having that local traffic is a huge thing. Not having to go over one of the undersea cables is big. And the whole data sovereignty, but South African government and uh, organizations can now have these in a, in a place where you know what the laws are. They're the local laws. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Absolutely. You found out, though, that it's not quite as simple as flipping on a switch and say, oh, great, move me to the the local data center here if you have a current 0365 environment. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I got very excited. We've got a very a, a very large um, JSE-listed client that we're working on, that we've been on site at for the last two years. And... Um, I thought, well, let me go and start looking at 
getting onto that list to move across to to the to the South African data centers, only to find that that the latency period can be up to twenty four months. So you can't just flip a switch, as Rod said, and um, one day you're in Dublin and the next day you're in Joburg or Cape Town. There's a waiting period of up to 24 months to move your data across to the new tenants. Which is pretty mad, but I can, I can kind of see it. Moving a tenant from one data center halfway around the world to another is, I'm sure, what did Microsoft say? It's a difficult technology problem. Yeah, I would imagine it's very, very complex and I wouldn't be... Wouldn't like to be the guy that involved or um, with the responsibility to do it. The pressure must be intense. Yeah, that must be really mad. But that is super exciting, and um, we'll bring you guys more news as it sort of develops. One thing I find very interesting is Microsoft have for, for their data centers. They they only build them at a certain tier, a very high tier. I don't I don't know the names. I'm not a I'm not a data centers guy. We we've had a data centers guy. Hey Joshua, on before and. One of the prerequisites for the high-tier data centers is that you have two different power sources. That's why I think it's one of the guys has a big data center across the highway, and they split it across the highway because it's in two different municipalities. So they're on two different municipal grids. But it doesn't quite, it counts as like a 2.5 instead of a 3, right? Because it's you're still getting both of them from ESCOM. Okay, so it's still so, the same source, but maybe different municipalities. That's yeah, why like you can't a, get the full 3.0 or whatever that number is. So I'm quite interested to see how Microsoft are going are, are gonna to manage that and still retain that, that high-tier center. Yeah, well, we were laughing about it yesterday, weren't we? Solar, possibly being in Africa. Yeah, for sure. Wind farms. Wind farms in Cape Town, solar in Joburg. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Cool. So our next bit of news, Microsoft recently have, we've had a bunch of conferences recently and They've talked a lot about uh, O365 and SharePoint in specific and on-prem SharePoint. And they have announced that later this year, there will be a SharePoint Feature Pack 2 for on-prem 2016. That's right. And I understand it's going to include all the uh, the new modern lists and libraries and uh, the new framework. Yes. And they'll have an updated client-side dev model. So you can use the same solutions, I assume, between... Um, on-prem and O365 and you can dev it in the same way and it'll behave in the same way. And that's going to be great for all the, all the hybrid implementations, which I've found are the fairly majority here in South Africa. Yeah. It's also way more complex than if you're doing just the just the on-prem or just the online, doing the hybrid where you're sharing the load between these two things is it makes it very complicated. So if they can streamline that process, it'll be very, very cool. Well, any other notable features in Future Pack 2 that um, you can think of? They, they've released a bunch of stuff. I'm not quite sure what's being released separately and what's in the Feature Pack. And it's still quite early days. So as, as we go along, we'll get we'll get more details and exactly what's in it. And we'll, we'll bring it to you guys. The next bit of news, um, OneDrive Files on Demand yeah. is, is super cool. So this is currently for your OneDrive Files and your Office 365 SharePoint uh, SharePoint Online files, you'll be able to see them in your Explorer, uh, just like you do the, the current OneDrive ones. So that'll pull in all your team sites and, and all of that as well. Yeah, and I think that's going to solve uh, some of the bandwidth issues I know here that we have here in South Africa. I know my current client, they've been very nervous to switch on uh, OneDrive all at once because you can imagine suddenly you've got 3,000 users now uh, syncing a lot of data. Um, at least this way you can you can sort of throttle that or you won't be that impacted by switching it on for all 3,000 users at once. Yeah, um, once it's sort of there, then and it's also a much nicer experience for the user 
because people are used to working in Explorer. That's how they do things. Having to go to a website and or open a new app or all these things is it's a challenge to to get people to change the way they work and adopt things. So now with this sort of thing, you can say like, oh no, you, you've got a new shared drive. You don't have to know it's in SharePoint. You don't have to know it's managed. You don't have to know any of that stuff. It shows up in the same place. It's just a folder in Explorer. You don't yeah. have to know where it resides. And uh, that actually brings up something interesting I want to chat to you about. Uh, Microsoft seem to be moving away from the idea of content types and managed metadata and, and all of this for the purposes of collaboration. You see their demos now, and instead of having all that stuff, they've got a bunch of folders. Um, and I know you've got some thoughts on that. Yeah, so I've... I've been one of those guys that have taken a complete about turn on how to structure information in, in SharePoint. I was, if you speak to some of my older colleagues, they'd be laughing right now if they hear this. Yeah. Um, me saying, no, don't do, don't do content types, don't do uh, metadata. And I don't, by, by that, I don't mean completely remove them. In team sites, let your users you work the way they want to work, work the way they're familiar. If they want to use folders, let them use folders. The search has improved so much in SharePoint that it really does pick up the, the, the files, whether they're um, structured or not. Um, and then once they move into a structured or controlled area, your document centers, your record centers, that, that's where you start sort of uh, locking down meta, metadata requirements and content types. So, so I just think it's a productivity thing. I mean, the, the, you know, we, we've been talk, talking about business productivity for, for quite some time now, and that seems to be a bit of a buzzword over the last couple of years. And that's, we don't want to hamper productivity. Um, and this way, the, use, the, the adoption is not such a steep curve. We're not holding people back when, when they're trying to save documents. They just save documents and retrieve documents as they would have in the past. Get, get out of the way of the collaboration. Let them do it. And then when it becomes an important thing, then you can set it aside and control it in a, in a exactly more yes, and you can still have version control and um, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think that stuff is all still very important and useful. Um, you still want to have all those features in, in Team Science, allow the users to be able to roll back and uh, see what decision was made where by by looking at version histories. But yeah, let's not sort of lock down the users and slow the users down in their productivity by forcing them to capture metadata where I don't see it's necessary. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Our next bit of news. This next bit sort of reinforces my view that Microsoft really want to have Office 365 groups as the center of all the collaboration pieces as as the, the de facto permissions control for all of these. So they've announced that you can now connect existing team sites to Office 365 groups. So if you rolled out a bunch of team sites before groups got rolling and, and really became sort of what I see as the center, you can now connect those to existing 0365 groups. And then you'll get the additional value of, you'll get the planner instance and you'll get the teams instance and, and you'll get all of that. So I'm seeing it from another side because I also uh, enable that for team sites as well. And I'm very pro team sites uh, or teams, sorry. Um, and I'm finding them increasingly valuable in, in a collaboration space. You've got your news feeds. You've got, uh, I'll jump ahead to another news item that was supposed to come further down the list, but you can yeah. now also add uh, Power Apps forms within Teams. So Teams to me becomes your complete collaboration space. And um, you're not hampered by the fact that the guy's been working for 
three, four years in, in another team site. I've made heaps of data and um, now you have to migrate all that stuff stuff across. You can just connect your team site or your team to your team site. Yeah. Sorry, there's a lot of team, the words the, team. Yes, the, the nomenclature is not, not exactly great. Um, but yeah, you can do that. You can So you can set a team site page in Teams. Cool. So one of the tabs you can have set as as the team site, which is super cool. It really is. And like you say, then, so you can do that and um, it then becomes like your team's interface is, is, is like you say, it's your collaboration portal. You get a dashboard basically for each team you have. You've got your list of um, the chat that's happening. You've got a link to your planner instance. You've got your SharePoint team site there. So you get what the, the Yammer feed on that or whatever documents you're working with. And it, and it all sort of just goes it goes together and it's all accessible quite easily there. Yeah, so um, just our team as an example on site at a client. I mean, we've got a, we've got a Microsoft team that we run now. I've connected now our old team site to that team. I've got the Power BI dashboard that uh, gives us the Office 365 adoption. That's, that's, yeah. in pre, that's in preview at the moment as well. So everything we need to do our jobs, I've got a little uh, Power Apps form that we use to for, for site collection requests. Um, so everything that we do as a team is, is in one little space, which is really making our lives a lot easier. That is super cool. So you, you're finding a lot of benefit out of, out of, that, out of the team's interface and, and that functionality. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The, is, is the team using, using the, the chat collaboration feature a lot? Um, I'm not finding it so much at, um, on site. I'm finding it a lot within our team, our Carabiner team. Yeah. Um, but not, not a huge amount of, of uptake on that. Uh, on client side just yet but we haven't really been using it for for hell of a long it's only been sort of a, a few number of weeks really yeah and i'm sure once the guys start seeing the benefit of, of using it and uh, on a day-to-day basis it will pick up that's very cool yeah we we would be the first ones to use something like that you yeah. know we're, we're, we're the technology partner we're the consultants in there we, we would be the first people to sort of see that value and play around with it and really, really get into it. Yeah, and we're actually sort of investigating running a pilot or about to start running a pilot on looking at uh, replacing what we've, we found very scarily, which is probably prevalent in most organizations, people using uh, WhatsApp groups. Yeah. Um, which is very scary if you're worried about data governance and legislation and because you've got no insight into you've that. You've got no insight into the data that's happening. In fact, you've got it's no, encrypted. <laughs> exactly. You've got no control over who's in that group, who's not. When people leave, you've got, you, don't, you can't just switch off an AD account. You rely on team members to remove that account. When that account is removed, they still have access to, what, to the group, all the content that they've seen up until that point. Yeah. So that group does not just disappear from their phone. Um, so when I showed this to the client, they obviously got a bit of a fright um, and, so, and said, but listen, we've got to give a reasonable alternative. So we started playing around with, started showing the Teams app in, uh, on, on our, um, our phone. And it's a swear word amongst Microsoft people. It's uh, certain, not, not anymore. Hey. Certain places. but Ma- um, Microsoft have fully embraced um, all the mobile ecosystems. Well, Microsoft I, everywhere. Ironically, I went iOS because that's where the apps land first. So... Um, all the Microsoft apps land, land first, at least. So, um, anyways, uh, we're looking at uh, using Teams to replace WhatsApp groups in their, in their enterprise. You've got the chat functionality, you've got a call functionality, but now you as an organization, you've got a control over who has access to that. Yeah. 
And when someone leaves, they no longer have access to that. Yeah. So um, there are huge advantages to teams beyond and just uh, the collaboration and team sites as we as we have traditionally known them. Yeah, it's actually so because I've I've looked at the sort of growth of teams as a as more of a governance nightmare because you know I I wanted everything like no why are you doing this here go to your team site put it. Put it in the document library with your metadata. Because it's been ingrained in us. Because, yeah, that, that's the way um, I've always thought about it. But like like you say, people aren't going to do that because it is more remission and they want that chat interface. Yeah. So if, if we don't give them the option of something like Teams, they are going to use some sort of shadow IT and then... And then you've got no, then you've got no view of it. You can't search it. You, there, there's no governance. So it's actually, it's a boon to governance and... We, we have to say well done to Microsoft to sort of like pick up on this and have what is really a, a technology leader in this sort of thing. It's it's doing stuff that the, the competitors that predated Teams still haven't quite caught up to yet. Yeah, and I must say, I probably wouldn't have had this, had this view uh, right now if I hadn't been on site with this client for as long as I have. Because you get to know how the, tech, you know, the technology works for them, how it doesn't work for them. You know, we get told all these best practices and industry standards and that sort of thing. And we go and lay them out to a client and then leave. And um, I've really, it's opened up my eyes being there and being part of the, the part of this growth of the company, seeing the uptake of the solutions, seeing how they work and seeing actually, you know, what best practice is just good guidance, yes. to be honest. At, at the end of the day, you have to... You have to provide value. You have to have something that people will actually use. Yeah. If you make it too difficult or you just don't um, get the adoption. They, you don't get They'll the use it for a few weeks and then go back to the old ways of emailing files to each other, using Dropbox and WhatsApp groups. Yeah. So this is great. So sticking on the, the theme of Teams, that almost rhymed. So we've got the SharePoint pages in Teams. We've got Power Apps forms now um, you can put through in Teams. Um, they've also um, released a Teams connector for Flow. So you can you can now interact with Teams through the Flow framework. So Flow really is, it, it looks like their, their focus with Flow at the moment is less on building up the, the functionality in it as what you can do and more spreading it out so that it touches everything, everything in the stack. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I see it as well. Um, Flow seems to be almost their enterprise concept integration tool because it's a bit strong, but it's basically bringing all the different uh, tools in the stack as well as tools that might be outside of their stack into one yeah. place. Yeah, it talks into Dropbox and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. It really is quite interesting. Um, it's obviously needed. It's a very different sort of workflow, business process management sort of tool, which it, it would naturally have to be because it, it's such a different environment it has to work in than... SharePoint designer workflows used to have to do it, where you had this, this was your box, and you work inside that box, and that's fine. Now, it really does have to touch basically anything. Um, yeah, and at this stage, it's very much one of those I triple T type workflows. Uh, for those yeah. that don't know, if this, then that type workflow, rather than um, massive workflows that run business processes. So. Yeah, it's not quite BPM. It's, uh, yeah. it, it's not business process automation. It's... More, more sort of personal task focused. Yeah. I need to send this thing here, so let me do that. Or team focused as well. Yeah. That's why I think it works well in teams. You know, if if this, then that. Like yeah. I said, if if a certain if somebody type says of this, is, then then do that. Or, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's very interesting. Um, 
I'm still waiting for a point where you can save and publish flows to multiple people and multiple sites and multiple instances. So you can you can now um, do to multiple people, but it's obviously within a single organization. Yeah. Um, I haven't played around with it. And, and you also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, I think you, you still have to invite each one of those people individually. Like if I make a flow, I can invite you to it. I can invite Al to it. And that's great. I can't say like, okay, I've built this flow now. I want to give it to everybody in this group to be able to use. Yeah. And then they can kick it off from wherever or when it, you know, like SharePoint designer stuff, when this new item comes in, kick this off mm-hmm. and, and it'll run and do something. It's not, it's not quite at that sort of... Uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately what you'd like to do is, is, is have it sort of organization-wide or team-wide or whatever, and that there's no interaction needed by that person or those people in order for the flow to start working. Yeah. So you deploy it and it just works across the company. Yeah. Um, that's not there yet, but um, I'm hoping that's the way they're going to go. Yeah, I, I think they must. And also having sort of a library, so we as consultants, we can build... Um, a stack of flows and then when people are making one it's like okay i'll take that one that's what i need i need to send a document for approval i need to do that sort of thing speaking of approval i see uh, microsoft also have done a new uh, basic approval workflow in office 365 oh yes i, yeah. I didn't, um, must have missed that one yeah m- much like the much like the old sharepoint designer sort of approval template sort okay. of thing it is it is very similar you i think it is flow based Okay. It, it's not sort of in the same thing. You can just say send for approval to this person and they get a notification and they can click through the notification and just approve it from there, which is which is quite cool. I'm I'm wondering if they're going to hook that if they going to hook that into flow at all or if flow will stay this sort of the this sort of personalized workflow tool is quite interesting. Because it makes it makes sense. Like they've always they've always wanted to do that, you know, like all their tools. Same thing with Mintex and all of that. It's supposed to be end user focused. Yeah. So me as business user, I can go in and make this thing and I'll do it. What yeah. I've discovered though is that generally you, end users are not going to do that. Yeah. At least you're going to get super users, obviously, that buck the trend, but I, don't, I can't see it rolling out to, to massive organizations and everyone using it. Um, at least um, I, I, I see the millennials doing thing, doing um, creating their own flows and that sort of thing. Yeah, like a, a bit more of a all the digital natives and, and, and that sort of stuff will be much more into that. Yeah. So may, maybe Microsoft, they, maybe that's their plan. Maybe they're just writing that out. But for the time being, people like us still need to make those those bigger ones and put it through. So it'll be interesting to see to see how those come together. That is quite cool. Another thing that they've uh, said is coming is in Office 365, we're going to get SharePoint communication sites. Yeah, no, so there's a lot of hype about this. Um, I must be completely honest i know absolutely zip about this so rod i'm gonna leave this to you i didn't i've missed sadly half of the shape on virtual summit which is quite naughty but um yeah i i haven't gone through all the vods myself yet um and i've had a brief look at this it looks it looks very much like a new site like you you get a new site online it's it's very much it looks like it's it's, it's a site template Okay. It's got some news web parts on it and stuff, and it all looks very pretty. Um, and I'm sure in the back end, it's very easy for people to 
add new stories and whatever like that. So it, it's a front page for your intranet. Okay, I'm, I'm said, hoping it, it, it um, then aggregates news from all the, the from the new team sites news feeds as I, well. I, I would hope so. I, I would think it would, but um, I, I haven't actually played with it myself. I don't actually know if it's if it's currently available. So we'll have to we'll have to wait for it to drop for me to actually play around with it and see. But it, it's an interesting thing. Um, Microsoft seems to be going back and forth on this. Okay, here, here's a site you can make it do whatever you want. And no, 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 he has a bunch of different templates to do a bunch of different things. So like they keep elastic, they keep being elastic and like they start on one end and they bounce to one and back to the other. <laughs> so in Office 365, we, we sort of got to the place where, no, no, your SharePoint team site, that, that's what it is. That's what you get. Yeah. That, and you use that to do whatever you want. Now it's like, no, well, maybe you want a team site, maybe you want a communication site. Well, I think it's making it a lot easier. Um, in the past, we all, all, always had to use sort of custom content search web parts or uh, search results web parts we go back to 2010 yeah um, that were very highly customized just to aggregate content from different site collections and I think if I'm right that this does aggregate uh, aggregate those news stories it aggregates them very sort of um, very beautifully. <laughs> yeah, it, does, it did look very, very pretty from what I saw. And sort of negates the need for development, and which is what we want. We, you know, development equals risks. Yeah. And um, and Microsoft has sort of mitigated those risks on on our behalf. Yeah. And and we get that really flashy front page that executives love, um, and you can see that. Um, I do hope it does aggregate everything because that'll help with the biggest problem with these big splashy news front pages in that a lot of organizations don't generate that much news yeah. um, and then you get a page that hasn't been updated in four weeks and nobody ever goes to look at it because why would you because it never changes exactly um, and then it just becomes this sort of dead page so i'm sure microsoft have thought about that with these communication sites and it'll be interesting to see sort of where it goes but there's so much new SharePoint news. Like you say, SharePoint Summit, like, it's all really exciting. Yeah, it's almost a little overwhelming as well. For us as consultants, we've got to steer our clients in the correct direction and aligned with Microsoft's strategy. Um, and we just we have to keep up with, with all these things as yeah. well. And it, it's, it's really hard because, like, like you say, we're supposed to steer the client, but how are you supposed to steer them when you don't know what direction we're going in? Like, exactly, yeah. ne- Next week, it's going to be different than it is this week. Not to mention knowing, having to know all the different sort of companies, acts, and legislation, and governance, and yeah. all of those things. Um, to to Make, keep up with Microsoft is getting really tougher and tougher. It really is. They are making tools much easier for us to use, though. So we've got all this different stuff. But like you say, it, it's in the aggregation, right? And Microsoft know this. And one of their big pushes in Office 365, one of their great technological feats that I don't think anybody else really has anything like it if there are any competitors like a, a Google or an open text or whatever is is the office graph and in in your work life um, all the technology if you're using office 365 the the graph API knows so much about what you're doing and what you need that you get you can start getting some really really clever things out of it and one of the things they announced is um, new search functionality um, for SharePoint in the cloud, I assume maybe eventually it'll come back down to um, down to on-prem, but um, personalized search um, and suggestions in the search bar. Oh, so well, that's cool. when, when you go to search and you start typing, before you even start typing, you just click on the, the search bar and it's gonna pop up for you like, oh, you're probably looking for these documents or this person. 
you don't even have to type anything. It knows you've got these tasks waiting for you or this person's tagged you in a document and it, you're probably looking for that. So it's just going to present that to you. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And um, a, a similar sort of thing in the people search mm -hmm. realm. So it'll when you're searching for various things or it'll remember with, the names with, with expertise, like much sort of as it does now, but a bit more full featured and, and hooking into the graph API. Okay. So it knows what other people are working on, not just what they've said they do. Okay. Um, and it can aggregate all that information and bring it back to you, which is really just fantastic, I think. This is this sort of the, the graph API is the solution to having all your documents in folders, um, having some stuff in Teams or in Yammer or Planner, or it, you've, you've got we've now got all these disparate sources of information. But the, the, the graph API and the search, the enterprise level search that they can deliver across all these different things actually make it possible to use all of these tools and still be able to find everything. And that's one of my reasons behind, it's one of the, one of the reasons behind me changing, having an about turn on, on, on strict metadata and don't use folders. Um, Delve just solves, solves that for me. Yeah, no, it really is. It's, it's fantastic. And it sort of happened quietly. Microsoft haven't made like... There was a big, big hoo-ha. It was before I actually came back to South Africa about, about Delve. And it, everyone was excited about it, but... It didn't quite, it didn't, it didn't quite hit. It didn't, yeah. it, it didn't pull through to everybody using it. I suppose this was still very much the early days. Yeah, but I've um, certainly seen over the last 12 to 18 months big improvements and I've started to see the value in the, in the, in the product. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well done, Microsoft. Yeah, I think, and the, the more collaboration methods get introduced in the ecosystem, the more something like this becomes important. Yeah. Before something like this, like if you think back to SharePoint 2010, if we had all the different sorts of collaboration methods that we have available now in Office 365 back then, it would be impossible to find every, anything. Because yeah. you'd have various team sites with metadata or folders or whatever, and then you'd have a uh, Teams thing, and you'd have a Yammer thing, and you'd have all these different little pockets um, that couldn't talk to each other and couldn't um, really search each other. Well, you couldn't search in those days anyway. Yeah. The site sprawl that was happening around <laughs> team sites, people were just sub-sites within sub-sites. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it would have been... And I, I suppose they saw they saw the telemetry all the way back then. And they're like, okay, well, this is where it's going. It's going to go this way. We need to adjust for the slacks of the world and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. How, how do we make it actually usable and and uh, make governance a, a real thing and, and actually doable in, in this dispersed world. And Delve is it, the Office Graph is it, and like, wow, works for me, hey. The last bit of news we have set up for today is the there's a new SharePoint Admin Center coming to Office 365. It does most of the stuff it did before, but it's also got, um, you spoke earlier of the Power BI analytics that are in preview now. Mm -hmm. So the, the new admin center will have all of that as well. So it'll surface all your usage reports and your oh, health and cool. admin messages and have it sort of all in one place and mm -hmm. you can control it all from there, which is which is handy. They're not they're not just looking after the, the end users, they're also thinking about the admins and and how we're supposed to maintain these things. Oh, no, that's great. Uh, the one thing I did did notice on those Power BI dashboards, unless I haven't found that that specific report that I'm looking for, um, it's just that one step too high in, in, in comprehensiveness. Okay. It doesn't go down to site-level activity. Um, unless, as I said, it's 
it's there and I just haven't found it because it is a very large dashboard. It's something that we were specifically looking for with my clients. But and it, it um, didn't quite get down to that granular level. It doesn't go down to a site level. It's, it's sort oh. of, this is the usage of, of SharePoint. SharePoint. Um, these are the most active users of SharePoint. SharePoint. Uh, rather than these are the most, most active users of the site collection. The, this business unit, this department. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever the case is. So you can start getting those metrics. So, as I was saying, I'm not saying it's not there. I just haven't yeah. found it yet if it is there. Yeah. And... Um, I'm sure if they're not there, um, you could develop those dashboards through Power BI because mm-hmm. you know the, the graph API is available. Yeah, you can you can hook into it. You can pull that data set. You'd be um, go to you'd be able to go that uh, that level deeper. And I yeah. think we're actually busy doing that as well at, at the moment there as well. So to 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 pull that out, yeah. So it's going to be, I mean, these things are all new. Hey, that's the incredible thing with with the industry that we're in. It's always new. Every day brings... Well, it keeps it exciting, eh? If, it, yeah. if, if it didn't change, I don't know if I'd still be doing this. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> I, I fully agree with you. I would like it to change a little bit slower. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, Microsoft, maybe you can make an announcement once every two weeks. Or maybe give up, give us more of a heads up, you know? Yeah. Um, I know the, the MVPs get more of a, more of a heads up than, than, than we do, but uh, the, the Joe consultants would like them... A, a little bit, a little bit better with the communication, which is has always been and is still kind of one of their Achilles' heels. Yeah, I know um, Mary Jo Foley and Paul Ferrat do a lot of good work explaining Microsoft to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh no, they they're going to be doing this. Like, are you sure they haven't said anything? No, no, no. Trust me. Like, oh no, they did that. So <laughs> um, you got to pay attention to everybody and what everybody's yeah. saying and sort of filter it out. And it it becomes quite a full time job to. To keep on top of all of this, it stuff. really That's, does. I mean, um, um, do you have anything else you'd like to bring up? I think from uh, this is very uh, fairly old news, but something that I'm increasingly seeing is actually one of the, the most exciting things Microsoft have done in Office three six five, and they've finally completed the information management lifecycle. Okay. And by that I mean the, the uh, copy from or move from OneDrive feature. I don't know if anyone has noticed that. They did make note of it, but I don't think the industry really took that much note of it. I didn't take much note of it either until uh, until fairly recently. Um, it really does complete that information management lifecycle. You know, create a document in my OneDrive space, move it to my team once I'm ready for it to be moved, or once I'm ready for it to be viewed by my team. From my team, once it becomes a controlled document, I move it into my document center, once it becomes end of life or insignificant, you can delete it or delete put it, it, or put it into my record center. So they've really closed that hole now in the information, information management lifecycle, which is, if you're an IM geek like me, um, really exciting. It really yeah, is completed. That's, 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 really, that's really important, actually. Something so simple. Yeah, just, just that little link move to yeah. um, makes, really does make all the difference. That's that's quite incredible, and it's quite clever too. You know, it it does it sort of when you go move to it puts the um the sites that you more more, re, more frequently work in at the top. So from, they've thought about the usability. Yeah. It pull, pulls that information out of graph. Like, are you moving this? Where do you, where do we think you're going to be moving it exactly. to? Exactly. So and they've done it very smartly. That's very very cool. So yeah, that's that that is something that 
I think we I think we spoke about it in like a, a line item in, in a podcast a hundred years ago, but I hadn't really thought of all the implications. For yeah, it, so I also took it for granted right. initially, but yeah. then it suddenly sort of started yeah, sort of a light bulb moment and realized, that's, wait a minute, yeah, that's that's pretty hectic. That's going to be quite a thing. So we've got all these new tools and stuff and and how we work. I don't think the the induction training that companies are giving are quite keeping up with all of this sort of stuff. So we, we, we're not used to dealing with that sort of thing. In, in an induction training now, a company should really start thinking about sort of stating all of this explicitly. So when you start a document, you do it here. Yeah. When you're done, when, when you want to share it to people, you do it like this. And it's nice and easy and you just you can click through and it's, you can make your, you do it on your desktop and make a new Word document and save it to OneDrive automatically. And you can just sort of do it all and it'll come up in your explorer now because of OneDrive on demand. Exactly. You can tell that story as well. You know, that's the best way to train, I think, is by telling a story. Um, is saying, hey, we've got a new uh, user requirement specification to, to, to develop. So where do you start? You start in OneDrive for Business. You, once you're happy with it and you want to start sharing it with your colleagues, you move it to your team site. And then you collaborate on that as a team. Once that becomes... You, once that's a policy or a finished document or whatever... We move it into our, control, document, into our center. document center. Once it's redundant or uh, becomes a, 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 record, a record, we move it into our record center. That's, so. Yeah, that, yeah and, and that's how you should sort of do it. Because I, I, I don't think there's been a requirement for that sort of induction before, before now. Because everybody's just like, oh, I'll do it on my desktop and email it. And, you know, that, yeah. that's the way it's always sort of been done. So introducing people to the tools and how the business wants you to work is, is, is going to be yeah, quite yeah. a thing. You've got a good point there as well. It should become part of induction. Yeah. Uh, when, a st- when a staff member starts, they should learn this is the way we work in the organization. So, there's, so they don't start that habit yes. of, of uh, emailing documents from day one. They get told this is the way. This is the way you do it. Of and course, get taught and get taught along with it yeah of, of course before you can start teaching the new people to do that you need to get everybody else doing that well that's the challenge and, uh, and and that's the challenge there cool well i think that's the end of our new segment so we'll move along to my powershell commander of the week we've got a nice little troubleshooty one this week it's get sp managed account Managed accounts are super important in SharePoint. It's yeah. good to use them rather than having these things running around in plain text and then you have to go change passwords and of course. like madness. So this is quite a handy one. Um, when you're troubleshooting this sort of stuff, this commandlet will let you get a list of the managed accounts per scope. So you can either give it an identity where you can put in partial or full name of a managed account and it will return it or a GUID if you happen to know mm-hmm. what the GUID is. Um, but you can also tell it to give you all the managed accounts per server or per service or per oh, web application cool. and it'll spit those out. So if you're trying to say like, why doesn't this work here? You can get the list like, oh, the one I'm looking for isn't there. Oops. And, and you can move that along. So nice. Oh, that's quick, super cool. Yeah. Nice, quick, easy one today. Um, and I think that's it. Unless you got something else you want to chat about? Nothing more from me, Rod, but thanks for, thanks for having me. Guest host with you. It's been good fun. Oh, no, it's been brilliant having you on, Paul. It's always good to have you on. And yeah, we really appreciate it. So thank you all for listening. If you want to find us online, you can find the website, twoguysinsharepoint.co.za. We're also on Twitter, at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter, at oddmodlin. Paul is on Twitter. At Paul underscore ZO. And the elusive Alistair Pugin is at Alistair Pugin. 
Um, we're also on all the podcast apps and such and such. You can find us there. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. Thanks again, Rod. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.